As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him. My soul is downcast within, within me, therefore I will remember you. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. You're my rock, and you are our Redeemer, O oh Lord. You're the reason that we are here. You're the reason that we sing. Lord, we desire today to be a blessing in your eyes, O oh God. Lord, every hour, every day, every second, every breath that we take, Lord, we desire to be your servant, to follow you, to follow our master, to please our master. Lord, we desire to be a blessing, not just to you, O oh God, but to our brothers and sisters, but in this community, in this place, to be the salt and the light in this place and the season and the time that you have placed us in, O oh God. So God, we surrender ourselves to you once again. We give all of ourselves to you, God. We place our emotions and feelings aside, but we choose today, we make that decision today, a declaration today, to choose to follow you, to choose to lift up our hands, to choose to pray to you, to choose to worship you, not just with our voices, but from the spirit that is within, in spirit and in truth, to worship you with everything that we have. So God, we surrender all of ourselves to you. Any attack of the enemy, any distraction of the enemy, we pray against it, we bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. And we God, we place your authority and your power and your presence here in this place. For if you're for us, no one can be against us. No evil spirit can be against us, oh God. So God, we place all of our worries, all of our anxieties. God, we lay them down at your feet, oh God. We lay down all of our crowns. We lay down all of our dreams. We lay down all of the things that we desire in this world. For God, all we have you, then that's all that matters, God. For you are priceless. You are the best thing that can happen. That's the best thing that has happened to any one of us, oh God priceless gift of your son Jesus Christ who came and died for us and the blood that washes away all sins so God we humble ourselves right now and as you transition to the message Lord may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all the hearts of those who are listening Lord may it be pleasing in your sight O oh Lord for God you are our rock and our redeemer Lord we love you we thank you Take all the glory of this service. Pray all these things. Your precious son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, everyone. Uh, let's take a moment to greet each other, our neighbor, at this time. And let us continue on with our Lent series, uh, part two. And the title of today's message is called embrace the test embrace the test can we turn to our neighbor and say embrace, embrace the, test. the test say embrace, embrace. The, desert. the desert embrace the wilderness amen matthew chapter 4 the title says jesus is tested in the wilderness 
starting from verse 1 through 11. Verse 1 says this, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. For what? To be tempted by the devil. He's telling us details. After fasting, 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. So 3 and 4 is together. This is the first test, the first temptation. It says, the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread, meaning food. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That was the first test. Second test, in verse 5, Then the devil took him to the holy city, which is Jerusalem, and had him stand on the highest point of the temple, which is in Jerusalem. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Keep in mind, every time there is a test, there is a temptation, Jesus is fighting not with his own wits, but he's fighting with the word of God, with the scripture. So the third and final test, this is happening within 40 days. Remember, this is 40 days. It's not just a one-time event, one-day event. It's happening for 40 days over a month. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. The audacity of the devil asking God to worship him. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. So we see right away in verse 1 and 2, there are details, right? He was led by the Spirit. He wasn't tricked by the Spirit. He was led into what? The wilderness. What was the reason for? It was to be tested. And we see in the detail in verse 2 that he was hungry for 40 days and 40 nights. And he was hungry. He wasn't at his physical, mental peak. Verse 3 and 4 is the first test. 5 to 7 is the second test. And then we see in 8 to 10 is a third test. And then we see verse 11, the victory. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. So the question that I want to start with with this message is, are you tired? Are you weary? Are you feeling weak? Are you feeling full of anxiety? Are you feeling vulnerable and alone? The devil is smart. The devil is very, very smart. Smarter than you, smarter than me. There are two ways the devil attacks. The first way the devil attacks, and we see from the scripture here in Matthew 4, is he attacks us in our weakness. Again, Jesus was hungry. He was at a place of weakness. The devil attacks us in our weakness. Meaning when you're in a group or in a community setting, or maybe you're alone at home, the devil, he will creep in slowly into your minds, whispering, whispering lies. You do not belong here. Nobody here likes you. 
Just like what we saw in the Jesus musical, when Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he's praying, right? He's like, can you really do it? Can you really take the sin of all of mankind? He creeps in and starts whispering in our weaknesses in times when you're feeling the most vulnerable. But that's when your, your weakness, your strength must come from Christ. For his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Amen? Paul says. Second way the devil attacks, he attacks us in our pride. Pride means when you are strong, too strong. You're too strong that you think you're greater than God. He whispers and he says things to you, oh, you are amazing, Ronnie. You're too great. You're the most amazing. You are so much better than everyone else. Become more judgmental. You are perfect and you have no flaws. Be careful of people who are full of pride. That's how the devil attacks. In our weakness and in our pride. Watching and lurking in the darkness. The scripture tells us be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. When he sees, he swiftly comes down and brings down on God's children. Satan is not a fairy character. He is a real being. He exists right now, and he's been here since the beginning of times. He's been at work from the beginning, from Adam and Eve, seeing the fallen angel has always been trying to bring down God's people, to blind God's people, and to follow his ways than to follow God. 1 Peter 5, 8-11, we know from mission team, hopefully you remember, it says, be alert and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. And that's what Christ did in this desert in Matthew 4. Resistance, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. You are not the only one. Everyone else in every country, in every region, in any continent, for those who are believers in faith, they're undergoing the same suffering, same trials, same attacks, same temptations as Christ did in Matthew 4. And the God of all grace who calls you to his eternal glory in Christ. After you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. You must keep in mind, temptation is not sin. I've said this before. It's when we give in to sin, that's when it becomes sin, by disobeying God. But God allows us to be tested to see if we are of his people who will, and I say who will because it's continuous, who will obey him. And in this testing, maturity will fail. In the testing in the desert, all the first gen who were in the desert, who were slaves in Egypt, majority of them failed. But there will be a remnant. Remnant are the leftover, the people who will stay faithful in this desert of testing. Because it's going to be difficult. You will be humble, 
and you will be tested. But the key is, it's not just about falling, guys. It's about getting back up and doing it over and over, repenting and doing it over and over again because we are not perfect like Christ. But we can overcome through the word of God. So the question, how do I overcome my testing in the wilderness? How do we overcome our testing in the wilderness? How do I win? How do we win as a church? Point number one, live the word. Live the word. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, live the word? Which, in other words, it means obey the word. Obey the word. Obey. Live the word. Obey the word. Live the word. Verse 3 to 4 says this, The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Keep in mind, I did not say only know the word. A lot of people know the word. You memorize the word. Even the devil, he knows the word. The devil knows the Bible inside out. He could quote the scripture. He knows the word. Knowing and obeying is a completely different thing. You can know, but you could choose to not obey. There's a difference. We must live in the word. It's not just knowing, but it's also about obeying. I get into talks with a couple of my friends now, now that we're older. You know, there are times we talk about politics, and you know, they're very free in their thinking, and they say things, their opinions, and things like that. And I respect their opinions. You could have your own thought to each to his own. But I tell them, listen, I'm not part of any political party. I'm not leaning right or left. But for me, it's just the word, the word of God. I live the word, and it's wherever the word says. And as Christians, we must live in the word. For me, I live the word. When the enemy tempts us to our physical desires and needs, you must know and obey. Meaning, when I say obey, I mean apply. Apply the word of God. Do not fall into the temptation prematurely. Overcome temptation by knowing the word. Ephesians 6, it tells us this, starting from verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Because later, in verse 17, it says, The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I'm not going to go ahead and read the whole thing. But the focus is here is the full armor. But within the full armor of God, in verse 17... It says the sword of the spirit, which is, what is the sword of the spirit? It's the word of God. That's how you strike back. When the devil attacks, when the devil, the tempter tempts us, we fight with the word of God. And that's what Christ did in Matthew 4, the word of God. Jesus did, and he was able to overcome all of the devil's attacks and temptations because not only Jesus knew the scripture, but because he obeyed, he lived the word. He lived according to the word. So the question is, where do you exactly stand? Where do I stand as a Christian? Do I know of Jesus only? Because everyone knows Jesus. Everyone knows scriptures here and there. Everyone knows John 3.16, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He used to wear 3.16. So people know of 3.16. What is that? What's 
3.16 is in the Bible. You can know the word, but do you obey? Do you know and obey Christ by living in the word? At the same time, those two things are completely different. You can know, but do you know and obey? Live the word. Point number two, test God not. Test God not. Stop testing God. Stop playing games. Do not test God. God is not here for your benefits. He's not a magical formula, a magical genie to give you what you want. Stop playing. Stop playing games. So many pastors, so many people, they test God. Test God not. Verse 5 to 7, Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Which is true. God would have saved Christ. He would have saved himself because he is God. But what does Jesus say? It is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And I feel like a lot of Christians, well, I know a lot of Christians, don't know what this phrase means. What does it mean to test God? To test God means this. It's saying to yourself, God, if only you answer my prayer, and if you give me this, then I will follow and obey you. You're making a bargain with God. You're testing God. You're seeing how far God can go. A good friend of mine called recently and said, you know, hey, you know, I haven't tithed in a while, uh, especially right now with the pandemic. A lot of people are not going to church. People are struggling in their faith. He said, hey, I haven't tithed in a while. Uh, I kind of, I wanted to tithe to your church because he knows that we have a church and, you know, can you meet me? I completely missed the message. Well, he said, can you meet me? He explained later that he wanted to tithe. Uh, but I also know that he had an important interview that was coming up the next day. Uh, so for him, uh, you know, God bless him. God bless his heart for wanting to give. But for him, it was more about, now I'm not going to say and put judgment in it, but a lot of times uh, we do things, we give extra offering, extra tithing because we think that, oh God, I have something important coming up. If I do this for you just a little bit more, then maybe you will come through for me, hoping the result will be good if I tie. Testing God is like bribing God. Tithing or doing good things to have a positive result for your interview is a big no. God, if I tithe, you will give me what I want and need, right? It's like a business deal. God, if you want me to follow, prove to me by sending me a sign or a miracle. And that is an example of testing God. And here, the devil in verse 5 to 7, he's trying to test God. He's trying to have Christ, Jesus Christ, to test God. Test him. You are the son of God, right? Throw yourself down. He will save you, right? But he says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. How arrogant can we be thinking that we can make a business deal. You warm 
We are warm. You're warm. Who do you think you are? How arrogant must you be to think that he got himself, the creator of all things, the Alpha and the Omega, to prove himself to you. Do you, remember, do you not remember the end of the book of Job? God doesn't explain anything to Job. God just explains. Can you even fathom or even understand the details of how big and how amazing, how great I am, that I am sovereign over everything? And anyways, the story, as I was sharing earlier, the results came in. The result was not uh, what he wanted. Uh, didn't happen. And the tithing topic was never mentioned again. My point is, if your heart, and again, to each his own, and I'm not here to judge or I'm not here to put any finger, but if that tithing in the heart was genuine, whether you get the result of what you want or don't, you still follow through because it was still your word and it was your promise, and you still give regardless of the result that you get. And I say this very carefully. And again, the situation was very serious and I was debating whether I'm going to share this, but it was recent and I just want to give you guys a, a good example that, listen, we cannot be testing God, but so many of us, we test God every single day. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Do not test him by playing these games, a business deal. God, if I do this, if I wake up a little bit earlier and pray, right, then you will provide me with this. God doesn't work that way. God does not work like a magical genie magical formula he cannot be tested he cannot be mocked he cannot be used god is god and that's what he tells us i am who i am so in the end like job even though he says it in the beginning job 1 21 naked i came from my mother's womb naked i will depart but the key focus here is the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Even if Job, I believe, even if he didn't receive the double portion at the end of the book of Job, his faith would have still been genuine. His faith would have still been real before God. Nothing would have been changed. Whether you give, whether you take, may the name of the Lord be praised so at the end we come and we say god no matter what the results are whether i have or do not have i live and i will live by faith alone so in the example that i just shared whenever we give you give in faith not expecting something in return from god by testing god like a business deal because if you don't have faith, and if you don't give in faith, you will not last in this business, in this walk. This Christian business, this Christian walk, this Christian life, you will not last. Luke 16, 31 tells us this. Jesus says, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. What Jesus is saying, miracles will never hold your faith. Remember in John chapter 6, 
All these people follow him because Jesus fed thousands with food, fish, and bread. They follow him. They love miracles. People are always there when there's a miracle. But when the going gets tough, when Jesus Christ he goes on, he says, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Everyone, they disperse. They just walk away. This is too much, Jesus. I cannot take. Miracle will not hold your faith. Faith will hold your faith. Only faith can hold faith. It's like putting in a different piece. Like when you're a child, you work with kids, right? They put that box. You try and put in a square and then the circle, and they still don't get it. Trying to put it in, put it in, put it in. Miracle for our faith. But miracles will not last. Faith can hold faith. Only faith can hold faith. John 20. This is where Jesus, he appears to Thomas, also known as the Doubting Thomas. It says, Thomas, known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and, my, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. What a difficult individual and a disciple. After everything he witnessed with Christ, Unless I see it, unless I do this, I'm not going to believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Again, the doors were locked, guys. And Jesus enters. Like, like Kitty from X-Men. Like somehow he got in. Maybe there's a door in the back way, like the picnic cafe. Remember the little tunnel that they came in? Maybe there's a hidden door. I don't know. But he was there. And Jesus says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. But what does Jesus Christ say? Can we all read that last part together? Ready? One, two, three. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. If you believe, even though you have not seen the miracle, you are more blessed than the one who's seen it and believed. Why? Because faith will hold you when you are alone. If you have been saved through a miracle, listen, anybody can believe when they see something. But it takes a different level of faith you to believe when you haven't seen that is true faith and that is genuine faith so again test God not just have faith have faith have faith whether he gives whether he takes you give in faith do not test God have faith allow your faith the faith that is found in Christ be one of the foundation of your walk with God. Last point, point number three. Strip worldly desire, worldly pride. Worldly pride, your desires, the riches, and the fames of this world. 
strip them away, forsake them, but pursue godly riches. Strip yourselves of worldly pride, of worldly pride. Humble yourselves and worship God. Stop bowing to Satan and worshiping Satan. Verse 8 through 10, it says this, Matthew 4, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You know, there's some truth to that phrase when we see someone who is very, very secular out in the world. They're so popular, so successful. Everything that they touch, they become millionaires, billionaires. And there's a phrase that we say, that person must have sold their soul to the devil. And there is truth to that. It doesn't guarantee that when we are in God, that we are called, that we will always be rich and we will have prosperity there's a lot of truth to a lot of christians that undergo suffering there's more about suffering and trials in the bible than about having blessings and blessing is not just the riches and the fame and the popularity blessing it comes in a disguise like the story of mary the mother of jesus you are highly blessed highly favored but again she was mocked and she was outcasted within her community, right? Because she was pregnant before marriage and you know, the stigma of you know, having a sexual relation before marriage and embarrassing Joseph, her husband. We must remember that in God, that is the most important thing. It's about pursuing him, not about pursuing the things of this world. It's about being found with integrity, being found in rightness and righteousness that is found in God. Then only can we truly follow and have faith and have the foundation that is correct and that is right in your walk and in your relationship with God. So I beg you today, please do not sell your soul to the devil, to the world. The devil will tell us to worship him and that he will give you what you need. He will give you what you want. He will give you all the kingdoms of this world, what he introduced to Christ, of all of its entire splendor. All of its splendor, you will have it. But again, he is a trickster, right? He is the tempter. What he gives, it will bring cursing in the end and our answer must always be a no scripture is very clear first john 2 tells us this do not love the world or anything in the world if anyone loves the world love for the father is not in them for everything in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes not from the father but from the world the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives.
forever. The pride of life. Strip worldly pride. Strip yourselves of worldly pride from the pride of this life. And in closing, the devil, it tells us, left him. And the angels came and attended him. So in the end of his desert, in the end of his testing, Jesus, he left victorious. And because he left the temptation in victory, there is great hope for us, for you and for me. There's never once where Christ made a mistake while he was here on earth. Fully God, fully man, but yet he was sinless. That's what makes this land amazing. Fully God, fully man. And even in his testing, he was perfect. Then he left, the devil left, and angels came and attended him. And then that's how Jesus started his ministry. He was baptized by the Holy Spirit. And then he was tested. And then he went and he did the work that God called him to do. Within three years, three years, guys. I'm in my 30s. At the age of 30, Jesus, he changed the world. Not just for his time period, for the rest of everything. From then on, forward and past, present and future. That is why we are here today. Because of his ultimate sacrifice. So I want to invite you guys to close your eyes at this time. The scripture tells us to be alert and to be of sober mind. That your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for you, looking to destroy you, to devour you. The scripture tells us in 1 Peter 5 to resist, to resist and to stand firm in the faith. I'm telling you right now, I'm talking to you right now, I'm talking to myself. Resist the devil and stand firm in the faith. Say to yourself right now in this moment, I will resist him and I will stand firm in the faith. Why? Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world, everyone in this world, whether they're in Asia, whether they're in the continent of Africa, no matter where they may be in Russia, wherever they may be in New Zealand, wherever they may be in Australia, doesn't matter where you are in India, doesn't matter if you're in Pakistan, it doesn't matter whether you're Saudi Arabia, it doesn't matter where you are, you could be here in Otapen. You could be here in New Jersey. You could be here in New York. You could be in anywhere in this life. They're all undergoing the same trials. The family of believers are undergoing the same kind of sufferings and trials. But don't fret. Don't be scared. Christ, He overcame. He overcame and that is why we are here today in Matthew 4. 
We see in Matthew 4, he was tested. He was hungry. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Yet he came out victorious. The devil had no power over him. The angels came and attended him. That is the God that we serve. He's not a God who is a hypocrite. He's not a God who is full of double standards. He does not make mistakes like we do. He is perfect in all of his ways. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith, the scripture tells us. Trust in him. Don't trust in yourself. When you're suffering and when you're vulnerable, when you feel alone, look to him. Why are you looking to yourself? Why? Are you that foolish? You think you're that strong? You are not strong. I am not strong. None of us are strong. We are so weak. We are beyond weak that we need help. We need help from Him every single day. Turn to Him and look to Him. You're warm. Don't be proud. Who do you think you are? You can be proud, but how long do you think you could be proud? For a moment. If you're humble today and you're broken, you're humiliated, praise Him. For God will find you in brokenness. God is near to those who are brokenhearted. Don't be proud during the season of Lent. Don't be blinded by your pride. Do not bow down and worship the devil. Are you forgetting of who God is? Are you forgetting the mission trips? How faithful God has been. Do you remember that first year when we were stuck in the Philippines and how God had provided for us? Do you remember when the church, they didn't allow us to have missions, but we went in faith. And we visited Brother Enrico's hometown, whom he hasn't seen in 16 years. We were there to witness together. Are you forgetting all the blessings that God had provided for you and for us? How quickly we forget. We say things, God, take me back to Egypt. If only I was a slave back in Egypt once again. How foolish and how blind you have become. And how proud you have become. Humble yourselves, you warm. Who do you think we are? Humble yourselves before the living God. Do not test Him. Do not test Him. God is God. God is God. And then it says in verse 10, And the God of all grace, who calls you to His eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. This is coming from the apostle Peter himself. Remember, he denied Christ three times, betraying Christ. He knows what it means to make a mistake. You know what it means to make mistakes. You know what it feels to fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short of the glory of God. But be strong. Be steadfast. Be firm in your faith. Resist them. Stand firm in your faith. You will overcome. You will overcome. In Christ, you will overcome. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen.
the sword of the Spirit. Take the helmet, the salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Fight the temptations. Fight the good fight. Wield the sword. Pick up the sword again. Stop fighting with just a shield. You need both. You need the full armor of God. The helmet of salvation. The belt buckle of truth. The breastplate of righteousness. The sword of the spirit. And the shield of faith. To extinguish all the flaming arrows that will come in your way. You need the whole armor of God. The helmet of salvation. Do you have it all? Are you trying to fight the fight with just one? You cannot just have one. It's a whole package deal. It's like when you go into a store, it's like it comes in a package, it says not individual for sale. You argue, you say, please, can I just buy one? One, one. They say, no, it comes in a package. No, it's one, one. It doesn't work with just one, guys. If you have one, you have everything. Do you understand? If you have the Son, you have God. You have the Holy Spirit. You cannot just take the Holy Spirit and not God and Christ, Trinity. They're all one. One. Three in person. One in being. You take the whole package. It's all or nothing. Can we just place our right hand to the left side of our chest right now? Let us just whisper to God and tell Him with all of our heart, God, I give you my all. I give you my all. It's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. There is no partial. God, you have it all, or you don't take me at all, God. Take all of me, all of my being, all of my nefesh, my soul, my mind, my spirit, my emotions, my everything, God. Take it all. May that your be prayer this morning come on let's make that your prayer before God tell him God I give you my all I will embrace the test I will embrace the season that I'm in take it all it's all or nothing may that be your prayer this morning let's pray let's pray let's continue praying as we're praying I want to invite the praise team to come up let's continue praying let's continue praying let's come out quietly don't be distracted by the people around you this is between you and God and that is it nothing else matters give your heart to him give your all to him pray to him pray to him and seek his face this morning
of our hearts, Lord, may it be pleasing to you, O God. Lord, we make a declaration of prayer and faith that, God, you are our rock and you are our redeemer and you are the reason that we sing. We desire to be a blessing in your eyes every single day, every hour, every moment, every second. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for the word, for reminding us of your sovereignty and of your power and of your faithfulness, of your servant leadership, of who you are, O God. how you overcame the devil every single day while you are here on earth. Fully God, fully man, fully hungry, even in your weakness, God, you overcame. So God, we look to you as our example. We look to you as our King and our Lord. Lord, strengthen us, remind us once again of why we are here and why we do what we do. We love you. We thank you. We praise you today. Pray all these things. In your precious son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And as God's people, we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen.